Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hi everybody, welcome to Quite the Interview from Quite the Thing Media. My name is Jack and I am speaking to independent podcasters, creators, industry leaders and creative thinkers basically. Letting them tell their story without constraints. Today we're joined by Bob from the Spritz Personality Podcast. How are you, Bob? Very good, very good. It's uh, nice to speak to you, nice to get the opportunity. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, not a problem, not a problem, man. So I send my guests eight questions. Well, it's kind of sneakily ten questions because the first question is kind of three rolled into one, Bob, and that's where we're going to start because... I suppose it's always the best place to start is at question number one. So what is your podcast? How did it come about? And how long have you been going? Okay, so like all the best stories, it kind of meanders a little bit. Uh, The podcast is Spritz Personality. The name comes from the fact that at the minute I'm living in Italy and my co-host is my good friend Giovanni. Uh, He is a philosopher um, who's specifically interested in Jung and Jung was an analyst, so did a lot Carl of work. Carl Jung was it, yeah. Carl Jung, yeah. Yeah, right. So okay. he's interested in um, defining and working through helping people uh, sort of reach the best version of their personality they can. We used to enjoy having our conversations over a spritz. So to my mind, spritz personality was a nice play on the notion of a split personality. And... I think our conversations were always more interesting over a drink. The way it came about was that for ages and ages, we thought, or Giovanni specifically thought, we should make a podcast. We should make a podcast. I was a bit reticent because everybody has a podcast these days. <laughs> yeah. And has, especially since COVID and, you know, the the number of podcasts has jumped up. So I was thinking there's no point. Nobody's ever going to listen to it. But on the other hand, the podcast that I like and that I listen to a lot and that Giovanni likes and listens to a lot, nobody was having quite the same conversations that we were having where I was asking him questions about philosophy to kind of improve my knowledge. But then we we were able to relate his answers to our experiences as teachers. And he's a father. I don't have kids. So that kind of played into the teaching versus parenting. And then in terms of um, like pop culture references, you know, I'm a slightly more up on that than Giovanni, but we have similar kind of film interests, but also what he grew up with as an Italian child versus what I grew up with in Belfast. We have some different pillar moments, like there's films that were really important in my childhood or music that was really important to me that he's never heard of and vice versa. So like our conversations ricocheted around all those things and really nobody, nothing that we have heard is like that. So we thought, OK, let's let's give it a go. I'm currently in Italy on my own. My wife is back in Ireland. Uh, so it's a good it's a good occupation of my time to think about it, put it together, edit it. And we're having the conversations anyway. So it was like, OK, let's give it a go, record it, see what happens. Yeah, that's it. I think the. The main thing that I would always say for new start podcasters is go for it. Like just go for yeah. it. Take take that dive because 
although there are lots of podcasts out there, over 2 million now, a lot of them only run five, six episodes before they they pack it in. So there's a lot of dead feeds out there, basically. And podcast is becoming much more mainstream. You know this, we know this, with people like Joe Rogan, for example. Everybody seems to mention his name because of the big, massive deal he got. But there's other celebrities doing things like this. There was the, the royal family parts of them doing Spotify deals so it's becoming much more mainstream and there is always room in the mainstream market for independent people like yourself man so what age are you Bob if you don't mind me asking uh, 42 this year right okay so this is kind of off piste I suppose it's not really to do with the podcast but what was sort of um, was growing up in Belfast like at your age uh, well huh. it's an interesting question Looking back on it, I was sort of brought up through a lot of, I suppose, what you would call trauma. Uh-huh. Like, but the way, I suppose the way it works when you're in the middle of anything like that is, I didn't really, I mean, it didn't, it didn't sort of directly impact my life. But looking back on it, for me, it was normal that if you went into the city centre, you would have to go through cages that were set up around the outside of the city centre by yeah. the army so that they could security check people. I just, that was what you had to do if you went shopping in town. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, looking back on it and talking to other people about their childhoods, that's completely not normal. No, but, it's not, man. But yeah, it's because, not, no. because that's what we had. Because I didn't know any different. You know, I was born in the middle of it, so... Yeah, it was your, I did, it was I your normal. Yeah. yeah, it was my normal. It's and, and all of my friends, you know, it wasn't until I got about 16, 17 where you started to sort of look at what your identity is going to be right. and where you are. Then I thought at that point, I started thinking, right, I want to get I don't want to get dragged and I don't want to not dragged into. I don't want to be defined by this. So. From a from I was about sixteen or seventeen, my goal in life was always to get away from that um, binary thinking and get out into the world as much as possible. And I've like I'm really lucky I've been able to do that. Um, I I worked in an IT job for a long time in Belfast, but then eventually changed careers, became a teacher, and my wife and I have been doing international teaching for just over a decade now. So we've been in Dubai, Italy. Um, we were in Macau in China, actually, just before the the pandemic started. So we've been able to travel around the world, um, seeing different cultures. And that was always my thing. I didn't want to be defined by I'm either. If I'm not with this thing, I'm against uh-huh. it. I have to be one of two sides. You know, it's not a it's not a good existence if you if you don't have a choice in what you're going to be. And it felt at that point in my life like staying at home was going to yeah. make me be defined by one thing or the other. It's a much better place now. It's a much better Yeah, place. of course it is, yeah. I'm from Glasgow where there's a sort of um, a sort of underlying issue with sectarianism and stuff like that. So I, I'm not saying I completely understand it's like a, a, a minute part of it, but being from Glasgow, it's very much there's yeah. some of the issues there yeah. um, with, you... without the, the actual, that very specific trauma of your childhood that was your normal so but sorry that was a little bit 
Um, I wish there sometimes really interested in them, mate. Um, we will move on to... How long have you been going? Two episodes, is it now? You've got Yeah, a... only two episodes. Yeah. So, you know, it took us a few weeks from the from the time where we said, right, we'll definitely go ahead and do it. Then we had to come up with an idea for what we were going to do when we started to do it. You know, then we had to figure out what equipment we could afford to buy that wasn't going to be terrible quality. But, you know, we weren't going to take out bank loans or anything to finance yeah. the, the best microphones on the market. So we took a few weeks to come up with a structure for I think we, we got a structure for eight episodes. Um, but we probably over the last four or five weeks have planned and then over the last two weeks record and, and put out. So we've got two episodes out now. Well, that's quite interesting, I suppose, because you are one of the, the youngest podcasts that we spoke to so far in the sense that well, we've only got two episodes out there. How many episodes have you got in the bag? Have you recorded more or we, are you just sort of doing it on a weekly basis now? Currently, we are doing it on a weekly basis. The The complications we have is that I'm kind of, because my wife's at home in Ireland, I'm free anytime, pretty much. Giovanni has a family and is in the middle of moving house. So generally, he's free for a couple of hours on a Saturday or a Sunday. And what we found is that, um, I mean, this is the answer to one of your later questions, but briefly, we we aren't very good at doing two in a row. We tried to bank a couple and it didn't really work out because the what we think is the best thing about the podcast is that it's a reflection of the conversations that interested us that we have. And if you tried to force the conversation, you know yourself, you can feel when the conversation's being forced. And it came across when I went to edit that that one that we tried to bank. So the thinking in the future is that we're going to try as hard as we can to maybe do like one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday. So I'll put out Saturdays on Wednesday. Sundays can be the Wednesday after. So then we can start to bank a few that way. Right. Okay. So did you actually put an episode in the bin then? Did you finish with it? You weren't happy with it after everything? Or did you get it out? No, no. No. I binned it. I got halfway through editing it and said, this is, this is no good. We were, um, we were relying too much on reading quotes and looking things up and the laptop became a lot more involved in the second one and looking things up. And in the edit, it was, it was terrible. It, there was about 17 minutes of, of just reading quotes right. of things that we were going to talk about, but it, it did not make for interesting listening because we were on such a, we were so pleased with the way the first episode had gone and it, kind of bounces around lots of different topics and it's lively and it keeps going the second one compared to that was a dirge it was just awful so yeah i had to message him and say we're gonna have to redo that yeah no that's um i suppose that's something that to think about as a independent podcaster then would be don't be scared to put something in the bin if you if you're not happy with it you'll just regret putting yeah. it out. you don't want to put it out just for download numbers or to fill space basically you, you don't want no. to do that be Absolutely. happy with what you put out there so that's I suppose that's the sort of first takeaway I suppose from from those questions what was the first podcast that you ever listened to Bob I think uh the first one I ever listened to was was probably uh, Joe Rogan because my my interests 
uh, in comedy is huge. I love stand-up comedy. And obviously, with having Netflix, you're inundated with American stand-ups. So I became aware of Joe Rogan's podcast because I knew that he had comedians that I liked on it. So I would li- th- those were the first ones I listened to was him with other comedians. Um, the first podcast that Giovanni ever listened to, he tells me that I recommended to him in the early days that he listened to Mark Maron's WTF when he did an interview with Louis C.K. And it was the first time he ever did a double episode. Obviously, this was before. Was that before the Me Too stuff? Yeah. Before we knew about, yeah, Louis' uh, tendency to masturbate in front of people. So, it's annoying because he was one of my favourite stand-ups. He was yeah. so really funny. And yeah. then you... All that stuff comes out, but we're not here to we're not here to speak about that, mate. So no. on you go, sorry. But so he was, um, he was the first Louis C.K. on Mark Maron was the first double episode WTF ever put out. That's the first one Giovanni listened to. Mine, yeah, Joe Rogan because of the comedians, and then I sort of stuck with Joe Rogan, and through listening to him and the people I liked on it, learned of other podcasts. And I mean, honestly, I used to use. I like Joe Rogan's three R extravaganzas in the early days because uh, I would listen to them while I was out cycling, trying to, you know, burn off all of the wine I was drinking because I was living in Italy at that time, too. So there was a lot of wine, a lot of pasta. I figured if I could have something funny to listen to for three hours, I'd stay out on the bike for three hours. And then I've earned more wine and more pasta. So it was like a good uh, it was like a good a good way to. To, through listening to that a good way to get introduced to the other podcasts so yeah Joe Rogan for me Mark Maron for Giovanni right okay okay Joe Rogan is quite and um, I don't particularly like I don't particularly like him I think he's, I think he's really good at his UFC commentary I think you should stick to that to be perfectly honest with you I've not listened to a lot of his podcasts but he gets some really interesting guests and he got this massive deal but you've got to remember he had a podcast for nine years and he very much tapped into YouTube being a like a a search a search engine basically, and he put a lot of what was put in either by him or his team to get out shorter clips, videos. If he was having a three-hour conversation with somebody, he could then split that into multiple videos for each section, and then yeah. if people were searching for that particular section that they were speaking about, if if they were speaking about. UFOs, for example, he could put out that clip. People searching for UFOs would come across that and therefore find his podcast as a whole. So very much his marketing strategy and the way that he figured out that YouTube could be really helpful for podcasts, basically, because generally it's not. It's just not. Nobody really wants... um, to go onto YouTube to listen to a podcast, very rarely anyway. We tried it for a while and it didn't particularly work. Yeah. I suppose this, this question, with only being a couple of episodes in, uh, might be a little difficult to answer, but how has your, how's your podcast changed, evolved, or maybe what are your future? What have you learned from your first couple of episodes? Well, what I've learned is that... Uh Sound mixing, Jesus Christ, sound mixing is a complicated thing at the moment. I have quite, compared to Giovanni, I have quite a soft voice. We've bought a decent microphone, but it seems like 
no matter how close I sit to the microphone, my voice is always softer. So trying to find good software to try to balance the channels, um, then trying to balance that with the the introduction, the mid podcast stings, the outro, just trying to get everything mixed. I'm still spending a long time editing. So basically the first one we recorded on a Saturday, I spent a good four or five hours on the Sunday just trying to clip the silences, the repetitions. Yeah. I notice the, the weird verbal ticks I have, Giovanni has. Um, then Monday was trying to edit, to insert the points to add the stings where the topics change. So editing is still taking a long time. The second episode was a bit better. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to get better and better again. But what we were what we were talking about earlier as well, even just that experience of trying to do two in a row and deciding to to just bend the second one. Mm-hmm. I think we have learned that if we're going to do, if we're going to bank some, we're not we're not two in a row people. It's going to be two days in a row maybe because. Mm-hmm. Giovanni is from an academic background. I'm not. So I don't mind going into things a little bit underprepared and I'm happy to riff on things. He wants to be super prepared. So it's trying to find a middle ground. So he'll do a lot of work for an episode so that he's got talking points ready and he's comfortable that he's done enough. So to do two in a row means he has to do double the research for an episode. And that's it's uh, it's tiring. So even though, yeah, we've only done two, but we've learned we need he needs the research. So let's not try to do two in a row. We can do two days in a row, but we, we do need to start banking them. We need to figure out the best way to do that. And we've also learned it's fine to bend one because I don't want to put out something I'm not proud of. Well, that is it. So I suppose this follows on from that. Any advice for anyone looking to get into podcasting then? Yeah, I think there's an interest in balance. Like you do want to be yourself. You want to come across, I think, as natural. Like from our point of view, we want the podcast to kind of reflect the conversations that we have that we find interesting. On the other hand, in the conversations that we have, we can talk a lot of shit and, you know, meander and meander. Yeah. Once we come up with the notion of a couple of like a series of podcasts that have that are going to have a, a point of view per episode, then you're kind of narrowing the field. So the conversation still has to sound natural, but you do still have to put in some preparation in the background. So it's like, it's more like be yourself, but, but like not too much of yourself. So if you're, <laughs> I know you you know what I mean? If you're a laid back person, you can't go into a podcast with absolutely no prep done. You have to have some idea even of points you want to hit. And then Giovanni wants to prepare everything. He wants to write an academic paper for every episode because we're trying to equate one of my classroom rules with. So each episode should be based around one of my classroom rules. And then he will equate a philosopher or a school of philosophy with that rule. And then we analyze that rule through the lens of that school of philosophy and try to make whatever pop culture references we can. He can't write an academic paper per episode and I can't do absolutely nothing pre-episode. Otherwise, I'll end up saying the same things over and over again and he'll spend too much time. 
So we have to sound natural in the conversation, which is being ourselves, but not too much in that he can't. I can't ask him to write a five page essay every week and I can't go in every week going, well, I've prepared nothing. What have you got? So it's like plan a bit and then try to forget the fact that you're recording. Yeah, well, practice makes perfect, as the old phrase, and very rarely you're going to put a perfect episode out there. But, yeah, yeah, that little bit of preparation. And you will learn from it. We were the same, my co-host on Heart and Hand and Wrong Term Memory, and now the co-founder of Quite a Thing Media, Colin, we had a conversation a week or two ago on here, and he used to very much prepare. He was four or five pages, and would almost sort of be reading it verbatim mm-hmm. at the beginning. But it, as you produce more like that you become more comfortable in your conversations you did mention joe rogan obviously where you sort of started any other podcast that you admire yeah well i mean i don't really like him anymore i think he was way more interesting years ago in terms of admiration like for giovanni it's sam harris uh anybody that sam harris interviews on waking up um giovanni also likes anytime jordan peterson is on joe rogan because he likes challenging things in terms of big, like big name podcasts, production values, I love Your Mom's House, YMH. I love the comedian Tom Segura. And I think the the podcast studio, the, the podcast studio that they've developed over there with YMH, his, his standards are high. And I, I know we have nowhere near their budget, but that makes me, I constantly think about that, like, Am I completely happy with this before I put it out? Is that the right thing there? Is that the right place to put it? So production values, YMH. In terms of comedy and laughs, I love Bad Friends because I love the comedians Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee. I think that's one of the most consistently funny podcasts, Bad Friends. And niche, I love stand-up comedy. So Vulture Magazine puts out a really good podcast called Mm. Good One, where comedians come in. And each episode, they discuss one particular joke and how it developed and how it fits in their, like in their career. And there's they do about an hour on a joke. So I I love that from a nerdy comedy point of view. In terms of the independent podcasts, like we've only been in this indie podcasts community for a few weeks, but from the ones I've listened to uh, over the last few weeks, Ladies Fright is really good. Um, okay. They talk about. Uh, like the unexplained, and they really remind me. When I was a kid, I used to love Arthur C. Clarke books. My uncle showed me this book, Mysterious Worlds, with this glass skull and the sun refracting through it, and it was all about things like the Bermuda Triangle, and that Ladies' Fright podcast really puts me in mind of that. Measuring the Score is really good. It's two people who are involved in music discussing the score for a different film each episode. And yeah, where, yeah, sure. where it doesn't, that's a great, that's a great podcast to listen to two people who know what they're talking about. But, you know, I also know what a film is, so I'm not a music expert, but we can meet at the point of the film. That's a really interesting one. Well, that's great because I'm speaking to Chris from Measuring the Score soon, and it's ah, probably great. going to be the episode out after this one, to be honest with you. Oh, so, so there you are. That, that's there you are. That's a little bit of um, that's a little bit of luck there that you managed to almost plug that <laughs> unintentionally. But yeah, I'm speaking to Chris. Uh, I don't think uh, is it a, is it a couple that do it, a married couple. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think, I think his wife can make it. So I'm speaking to Chris. 
that's yes, that'll be worth your shin. And then also the last, the most recent independent one I was listening to this morning, actually, uh, Rock Candy. And the only reason I'm listening to it is because they, I came across uh, a two-part that they did about Slayer. And um, one of my friends is a big Slayer fan, and I went to see them. A live. little bit of raining blood. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I was a little bit of a mosher when I was younger as well, man. Yeah. So my mate is really into them, so I sent them a link to the podcast. And when they played in Belfast years ago, I went to see them with him, and it was. I mean, I will never, I'll never forget that. I will never forget the feeling of the double bass drum oh. rumbling through the floor up into my stomach. It was amazing. So I'll never forget Slayer. So Rock Candy. Um, they just, yeah, they transported me back to my my early teenage, you know, sneaking a carry out as a 16 year old and then going in to see Slayer playing. Well, that's it. Like, this is a wee bit of a personal story from my side before we move on to the last couple of questions. There used to be a, a, a tour called Tattoo the Planet, and it was Slayer and Pantera were the headliners, basically. Oh, and they yeah. came to Glasgow. I had tickets for it, turned up, and there was rumours that Pantera weren't going to play. And I was a massive. I only went to see Pantera, and that's exactly what happened. Something had got in their way. I don't know if it was getting into the country or whatever, but uh, Slayer headlined, and it was it was pretty cool, man. This is like 20 years ago now, um, Tattoo the Planet was travelling all over the world. But yeah, that's what put me in mind of that story. Um, I suppose, like, speaking about the past, then if you could go back in time to one point in your life, talk to your younger self, where would you go and what would you say? Well, so I sent these questions to Giovanni. Uh, I feel like I have to represent him thoroughly here and read you his answer to this question. So he says, I would go to my 14-year-old self and tell him, always try to get with the girls you like, even the ones that seem impossible to have. Be patient, but also bold and show them that you like them through body language and jokes. Don't act as if you don't care, because if you don't try, you will never know. And it doesn't matter if they say no, because you're only 14. <laughs> <laughs> that is by far the best answer we've had for that question, man. Yeah, <laughs> superb. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not a lot that I could say different to that, really, because there's not a lot I would change in my life, probably apart from be a little bit more outgoing more early on. Because once I started, I found like, yeah, everything worked out. It was great. And here I am doing exactly what I want to do. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a funny answer. No, oh, that is by far the best answer that we've had. Yeah, you are only 14, go for it. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like the biggest deal of your life at the time. Because obviously, when you're 14, it's the oldest you've ever been. But Jesus Christ, when you look back on it from your 30s or 40s, you're like, come yeah. on, man, what were you doing? <laughs> if oh, you were a kid, you liked the girls, go and talk to her. I have a conversation with her. Yeah. I, like, I... I I'm going to take that as my answer from now on, I think, yeah. Just <laughs> just take a chance as a 14-year-old. What famous person would you love to interview? Would you love to get on your podcast? I mean, obviously, for Giovanni, it's Sam Harris. Uh, he, he keeps coming up, <laughs> Sam Harris, yeah. <laughs> he, he, is, uh, he is Giovanni's guru. Um, for me, I suppose because of my, my comedy interest and the, the important role it played in my childhood i don't know that they would we would we would have to find a way to make them fit into what we're talking about on our podcast but i would love to 
speak to Steve Coogan um, or Stuart Lee. Steve Coogan, who's Alan Partridge, and Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee's comedy, I just think he's absolutely amazing. You know, the the way he, the bravery that he has to work a point, work a point, work a point. Oh, he just goes at it and he will, yeah. he will grab onto that and just push on and push on. And then I don't, I don't particularly like, I wouldn't go out of my way to, I wouldn't pay to go see him, but I yeah. understand what he does and he's got lots of trust in his audience. Yes. Like he trusts his audience will be his audience and they will understand what they're coming to get and he will push yeah. it and push it and push it. You're right there, man. So although I don't particularly like, I wouldn't get my way to see him. Like I said, I, I do understand that he has his audience and he's very, very, very good at what he does. Yeah. yeah. And Steve Coogan, I mean, Alan Partridge was, uh, that character, Alan Partridge was such a important sort of part of my, probably my adolescence, I suppose it was, that came on TV around the time where I was starting secondary school, making new friends, we're trying to find common interests. And I've watched most of it, you know, a multitude of times. Basically, anytime I say something that people laugh at, my wife will say to me, is that a quote from Alan Partridge? <laughs> she has absolutely no faith that I can independently come up with something <laughs> So any joke is, is that an Alan Partridge quote? Like, no, oh. and I made that up myself. Like, I thought of that. I have my own thoughts. Oh, super. Oh, Again, quite interesting. We had a we were doing a, a podcast the other day where we invited listener questions, and one of the questions was uh, the office or partridge, and both mm. Colin and myself both are sort of uh, agreed on partridge because of the. I don't think there's been a massive miss that well when it started with Armando and each now is, is it the Gibson brothers that are sort of yeah. writing like there's not been a massive miss like no. in what twenty five years like the audio books the yeah. The film was obviously a little bit different, but consistent comedy. Yeah, man, yeah. I can get behind you with that. It'd be interesting to to speak to him. Right, we're getting to the end of the interview now, Bob. And finally, you've only got two episodes, so that's probably a little bit of a defunct point. But um, what's your favourite episode and where can people check you out? Have you got a website or, or Twitter or where can people find you, basically? Well, so, I mean, yeah, we we only have the two out, but I think if you listen to episode one, it explains the idea for um, what we want to do in terms of setting up the, the, next, the next sort of six or seven podcasts. We want to talk about the importance of rules and if they are important, why, who should set them because I need rules in my classroom. But Giovanni's interest in Carl Jung, Jung said that there was no need to codify his his philosophical rules and beliefs. So that was where the interest sort of sparked. I need rules. Jung says they're not really that important. So that sort of gave us the idea for this first series where episode one introduces the idea that are rules important? Should I bother having rules in my classroom? And episode one also has the the good sort of pop culture references we talk about. We managed to make reference to Britney Spears' work ethic, uh, Elon Musk's lack of foresight. <laughs> yeah, 
whether Tony Soprano uh, has brought it on himself and deserves any sympathy. I think one, I think episode one is very good to set the scene. Episode two is the first one that deals with a specific rule, uh, which is we respect everyone. And so we talk around that through cant, um, political lies and betrayals, what it would be like to punch Conor McGregor in the face. Um, Giovanni has an emotional explosion at the end of the episode about uh, some tweets that he read and manages to bring that back to relating to respect through the point of why you should respect your shoes. So <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that both episodes do their job, but I think episode one definitely will will um set the groundwork. In terms of where you can find us, well we're at the minute we're hosted primarily so we're we're on anchor.fm slash spritz personality. Okay. And then on Anchor, obviously they've got. I think we're on, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Break Anchor. Um, the RSS feed is on there. You can also contact us through Gmail at spritzpersonality at gmail dot com. We're on Twitter at spritzpersonal one, the number one, or you can just search spritzpersonality. And we're also on Instagram at Spritz Personality, and Spritz is S-P-R-I-T-Z Personality. That's where you can find us. Right, okay, what I'll do is I'll put some of those links in the, in the show notes, basically. Just to wrap up, if you're interested in philosophy, psychology, pop culture, and education, like me and Bob have been speaking about, go and listen to uh, Spritz Personality. Thanks for coming on, Bob. Really interesting conversation, and hopefully people that have been listening have managed to take maybe one or two things away from from the conversation thanks very much for having me it was really enjoyable cheers right guys we will be back soon thanks for listening at quite the thing media we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators made without constraints 